you're listening to the Way Community Church Lakeland podcast, where our mission is to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ, that they might become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope this message from our weekend service encourages you in your walk with the Lord. And now, here's the message. And then last week we talked about myrrh and how myrrh... um was used uh, for burial purposes. It was uh, used in embalming. 75 pounds of myrrh in Scripture was brought to the tomb to wrap Jesus' body with. That's, wow, I didn't know that was going on. Uh, it was, it's used as a, um, a numbing agent. In other words, if, if there was like a painkiller, uh, it was used on the cross. They tried to give it to Jesus while he was being crucified. He refused it. He chose to embrace the pain. Uh, and it was also used in the story of Esther, Six months she bathed in this stuff just so she could be intimate with the king. Uh, and so what I realized is that there was different meanings to different things that were presented to Jesus there at the, in, the, in, the, in the little manger. And uh, tonight I want to talk about gold. Um, just briefly, it's uh, for as long as mankind has been civilization, gold has always been valued. That's kind of crazy. And I was wondering why. And really, this is one of the first couple things that they learned. It doesn't age. It doesn't erode. It doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it, it doesn't distort. And so um, it's always been pretty valuable. But what is value? Because there's a time in your life where you may realize that gold doesn't have as much meaning. At the end of some of our lives... We may have lived our life to accomplish, this is not real gold, just so y'all know, so no one's trying to steal the pulpit today, uh, it's, uh, um, but we may have lived our whole lives in search of something that we realized wasn't that valuable. And so when I think about this story, it leads me to realize what we worship what we value. You can worship a sport, you can worship statistics, you can worship clothing lines, you can worship uh, 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 you could, uh, celebrities, you know, all these things. Uh, and in this passage today, this is really what we're going to talk about, is how they came, and this is they entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down, they worshiped him. And then they opened their chests. Because when you recognize something great other things in your life doesn't have as much value and he can he'll he'll prioritize your life the more time you spend with him but they begin to worship him and so I want to talk about worship for a little bit and what it was like on that day what I I do want you to know is that I do firmly believe that these gifts what was happening that night it's important that you learn to obey God with the things and the resources that he gave you Trust God, especially when he says to give it away. One of the values of our church is generosity. And so what I've come to learn is that for God so loved the world that he gave. Giving really is a symbol of love. And so when you learn to prioritize other people more, it's the greatest thing. Like the, we live in a world that is coveting and trying to collect. So when we learn the attitude of making others greater and giving of what we have to others, it really is the heart of the gospel. Uh, Mother Teresa says uh, that, that um, you, 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 can, you can give without loving, but you can never love without giving. 
And we want to love people, and so we want to learn generosity. And I'm thinking about this day on what the purposes were of the gifts. These wise men were just following a star. And as they begin following the star, they begin to hear the legend and the, and the prophecies about this little one that would come and that would change the world. And when they got there and they saw him and they beheld him, they all bowed down and worshipped. I think about that for just a few moments. It's kind of crazy, this concept of them bowing down and worshipping a baby. Now, this we want to talk about worship and bowing down really for the whole service today. But there is a lot of things you need to know about, I don't think that Mary, I don't know if they knew why they were giving these gifts, uh, but I, I, I bet it was not necessarily for Jesus. I don't think that Jesus remembered uh, six years later his favorite birthday gift when he was one years old or six months old. We don't really know how old he was in this situation when the wise men came. Uh, but I don't know if you remember what you got for your second birthday, you know? I don't think that this made all the difference to Jesus. So I, but I do think that they were statements. I think it was a statement to Mary. I think because you need to know it's important that we obey when God says to give because you don't realize what kind of a difference and an impact it's making on the other person. Please understand the chaos that Mary was in. She was in a relationship that was already difficult. But really what's going to happen next is King Herod is going to find out that a Savior was born. And Jesus was born in a small town called Bethlehem. There may have been somewhere between 20 and 200 small kids that age. But were killed. And the pressure that that would have put on her, can you imagine the confusion and the chaos of her hearing about her friends that just had a baby that are going to lose their child because of the complications that Jesus is, these gifts weren't just gold. It wasn't just valuable. It wasn't just myrrh. It wasn't just frankincense. But they were testimonies to her that God is with her. When they came that night, oh man, he's so special. These people are, but I believe that those gifts would turn into great resources as they would have to leave town. And I think everything that God asks you to do in your life, it has a meaning. Every season you're in, it has a purpose. Where you're on and, and where you're at and what you're going through, it has reason. And so these gifts that were given really to honor Jesus, really to honor Mary, really to honor the reality that like he's here, would have been transformed into a resource that would get them on the road as quickly as possible to get out of town. And they would use that myrrh to sell it. I mean, gold does nothing in and of itself. So they would have sold, Jesus would have never saw this money when he was 12 years old. I mean, you know, they, they weren't putting it in a 401k for Jesus when he gets older. You know what I mean? Like, this was going to be sold off to make way for where they had to go. And there are resources that God is going to give you that need to be invested into someone else to get them to where God's calling them. And I'm just thankful that these people showed up because it ended up saving Jesus' very life. It looked like it was a gift. And it looked like it was honor, but it really ultimately saved his life. You know what I'm talking about? Generosity. I want to talk about bowing down uh, for just a minute because it, it says that these wise men came and they bowed down. 
was the last time your worship ever drove you to your knees? That's the whole sermon today. I think you need to know that your worship should drive you to your knees. Now, now, this is not something that's normal today, and it really wasn't normal then. I think that there are some messages that would try to imply this is a normal thing. Now, you, you may, may be normal to curtsy or to honor someone, but it wasn't normal to just bow down. Kings would, would maybe be bowed down to. But, I mean, it's so weird to think about the circumstance of bowing down to a baby. A baby. Because this kid can't do anything for them. The kid doesn't know it. He doesn't even know we're here right now. I mean, he's a baby. He's, he may have just messed himself. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I don't know what's going on, but he's, he's a baby. So I'm thinking about in Scripture all of the times where someone bowed down to Jesus. And there are different reasons to bow down. I just want to show you a few. I'm going to take you mostly through Luke. Luke chapter 5, verse 8 would say this. Then when Simon Peter saw that, let me, what he saw was Jesus was on the boat and he said to let your nets down on the other side of the boat and they couldn't contain all the fish that it caught. And then so they, they had fished all night, caught nothing. Then he found a big old net full. And when Peter saw that, He fell down to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. And then Jesus would call him and say, For the rest of your life, you're going to be a fisher of men. And Peter would abandon the boats and the very catch that he caught, which is funny, because he valued fishing so much that he would just leave it all behind. He bowed down. Well, there's another one here in, in the Gospel of Luke, same chapter. And while he was in one of the cities, behold, there was a man covered in leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you're willing, will you make me clean? So one, we see one worshiping because of what Jesus just did. One, we see worshiping because of what we want him to do. Reasons why we bow. Um, then, then, but then there's a, a, a story of a, of a woman in Mark chapter 7, verse 25. And after hearing of him, the woman who's, who, who had a little daughter had an unclean spirit. She immediately came and she fell down at his feet. Jesus, if you could heal my daughter, please, I'll do anything. And she throws himself at, at his feet. Why would you bow down? Luke chapter 8. Verse 28, seeing Jesus, he cried out and fell before him in a loud voice. This is an evil spirit. A man possessed with a demon spirit cries out and falls down before Jesus and says, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, the Son of the Most High God? Please, I beg you, don't torture me. I want you to know who we serve The enemies know the authority and the power of God. Not all of us in the room today recognize the authority and the power of God. But even demons in hell still recognize the greatest name in all of heaven and all on earth. Why would you bow down? 
One of my favorite passages in the Bible is found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 8. And it says there was a man, and in verse 41, there was a man named Jairus, and he was an, the official in a synagogue. And this guy, who worked in the synagogue, a Jewish man, came and fell at Jesus' feet and began to implore him, please come to my house, I have a sick child. And, and, and so because he's, he's begging Jesus, would you come, would you do this thing for me? Jesus is interrupted by a woman who throws herself at his feet and touches the hem of his garment. Jesus realizes the power of God has left me. He says, hey, who has touched me? And the woman turns around and she falls down on her knees. She's laying on her knees. She says, it was me. I'm so sorry. Go in peace. And then he goes to Jairus' house. All these people that have been touched by Jesus have a reason to fall down. All of these people that are in desire of something great that Jesus would do in their life have a reason to worship. The demons in hell have a reason to worship, but do we? I believe what I love about the story of the wise men is I think about why are they worshiping? Because he hasn't done anything great and he can't do anything great. He's a baby. Why do you worship? Why do you bow down? In this season right now, there's chaos in some people's lives. Some of us, it's just busyness. And today, we want to really just give us an opportunity all to just fix our eyes on the king and worship. And why I think that this is important is because if I'm honest... And I think about my entire week this week. I've had a lot of great things happen in my life this week. For example, my mom's here. She's going to be in second service today. Why is that special? Because my mom has COPD. She beat COVID last year. She nearly survived. She just beat COVID again last week. She was in the hospital. I'm so thankful. She beat cancer this year. Uh, my mom has been fighting and been fighting, and I didn't know if I was going to get to see her again, and she's here right now. And all the cool things that God has done to my family and the memories and all the things, if I'm honest, my favorite times all week long is when I'm in worship. My life is the most simple when my eyes are on Him, and He is great, and I am in need of His greatness. Everything realigns. I see my life as it really truly is without deception. I realize the lack that I have and the greatness that only he can put upon me. Worship are the greatest moments in my life. And I'm encouraging y'all to have that because for some of you right now, your life is, it's got some stuff in it. I want to take a minute and just stop and just say, I'm thankful for the media team because I recognize uh, the last three weeks I've had more people tell me that they're watching the services online than I can ever remember. And I'm realizing the power of this camera that I don't like. I'm so, I thank you that you guys are watching right now. I got to be honest, I don't like this setup. But I am thankful for the media team and all the hard work that you guys put in and the thoughtfulness because what is really weird to me is that for the low budget that we have of a little church, the quality in the worship, it transfers. And for those that are able to worship at home, that's there. And so I'm thankful that as we enter into the rest of this service today, y'all are going to be able to enter into this with us as we double down. Why would you worship? 
why would you bow down? Have you ever? I think to myself, um, that I want everyone to have the moment where you can recognize that you're not as great as you think you are and gaze at greatness that loves you. It's a simple moment that is really a gift for you, the love of God and the grace of God, that he would even receive your worship. But I want you to know that Jesus said in John chapter 4 that he is looking for worshipers, which tells me in this story a little nugget that I didn't even stumble upon until yesterday rereading this verse. Jesus is looking for worshipers. You know what's really cool about this? Is it says that after they bowed down and they gave gifts, it was time to leave. And they returned to their own country by another route because they had a dream that they shouldn't go the same way they were going. I love that. Had they gone back to Herod, he would have taken their life. Historically, Herod was crazy. He had his own family murdered. And the reason why he went after little Jesus is because he was intimidated. And he would have had these wise men killed had they gone back the direction. But they didn't go because God blessed them because of their worship. And you need to know the gifts were really nothing at the end of the day. All the things in our life and all the time that we spend trying to accomplish and gather gold, it really isn't nothing. We're doing all of this so that we can build lives. But when we build our lives and we have nothing because we really haven't spent time at the foot of the cross, needing the restoration and the healing that only he can give, we realize we've done it all in vain. And now we have to reset and start over. Today is an opportunity for us to reset. Does this make sense? So I'm thinking about one of the coolest verses about someone bowing down in Scripture. And it's a moment that some of us here in this room, probably if you haven't bowed down in a while, which it's not really cool to do, so you may not have. And we have some of the uncoolest places to bow down in our church. This altar is not very bow down friendly. I don't know. I've done some knee time here. And every time I tell myself that was... That was uh, not so good when you get up and you can't feel your legs, you know. Um, but I'm going to encourage you to. John, uh, Mark chapter 1, verse 7. And he was preaching John the Baptist and saying, After me, one is coming who is mightier than I, and I'm not even fit to stoop down and untie his sandals. The one who's coming, I'm not worthy to bow down for. This is the heart of worship. And some of us, unfortunately, realize it, but currently, what hot of yourself than you should? And I don't know if you realize it, but currently, what happens when we're the Lord of our life is the world spins around us. And then we get a healthy perspective that we were created. And the world actually spins around Him. And we don't deserve to be alive. We don't deserve the people that God entrusted us with. I don't deserve this church. I don't deserve the clothes that I have. I don't, and I definitely don't deserve to be aware of the goodness of God. Thank you, Lord, for your love for me. Why would you bow down? 
Well, here's a cool story here. It's found in the Gospel of Luke, turns out. Verse seven, chapter 17, verse 11 through 19. And as Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached a border between Galilee and Samaria. And as he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And he looked down and said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed with leprosy. Why, how, with ten men, when you have leprosy, you can't have contact with other people. So if you knew someone else with leprosy, they were like, it was like the best companion you can have because you were safe to touch. So they traveled together. So Jesus healed these ten individuals and told them to go and cleanse. And one of them, when he saw that he, had, uh, that he was healed, he came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. And he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except for this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. What I love about this passage is like, it reminds me, that a lot of our lives, Jesus has done so many things. But we, after God heals us, we spend the rest of our life pursuing gold. Rather than coming back and giving thanks. And I think we underestimate the value of time, quality time spent at the, fa- at the feet of Jesus. And I think of the other legendary stories, like when Jesus said, I'm going to speed this up a little bit, in the Gospel of Luke, when the woman with the alabaster box came and worshipped at Jesus' feet. You know what he said? Everywhere that the Gospel is preached, we will talk about this woman. Because he's looking for worshipers. Some of us, we don't value bowing down. The problem is it's the posture of our heart. And if we don't learn to bow down, and we never learn to worship. We learn to sing songs. We learn to mimic what other church people are doing. But there's something that's found when you're on your knees that you can't ignore. Real worship isn't giving up your power, and it's not giving up your wisdom. It's recognizing the limitation of it in comparison to who holds all the power. And all the wisdom. It's a healthier perspective of where we really are. I'll end with this. Would you come? (laughs) She said, hey, what's my cue? (laughs) Bam. Nailed it. We're going to spend the rest of the service worshiping. Here's why. We're going to spend the rest of eternity worshiping. Revelations chapter 5 says, When he had taken the book, the four living creatures and the 24 elders, they fell down before the Lamb of God, each one holding a harp and and golden bowls full of incense, which were the prayers of the saints. Isn't that pretty cool? Had a golden bowl that had incense. You had to be here a couple weeks ago. All right, um, I'm going to end with this. One day you will know, Philippians chapter 2, verse 20 says, 
so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. I think about the power of God that was released when, when they came to arrest Jesus that night and they said, we're, we're here for Jesus of Nazareth. And he turned around and said, I am he. And everyone just, boom, hits the ground. Can you imagine that? We're here to arrest the guy that just arrested us. But then they, they get back up and he lets them do their job. My God. Whether you realize it or not, one day you will bow. The beauty of it is whether you learn the beauty of it. I'm going to take you to Revelations chapter 1. And I don't know if there's a more worshipful situation in all of Scripture. Chapter 1, verse 12, it says this, And then I turned to see who was speaking to me, and I saw seven golden lampstands. Standing in the middle of the lampstands was one like the Son of Man. And he was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. And his head and his hair were white as wool and white as snow. And his eyes were like the flames of fire. His feet were polished with bronze, refined in a furnace. And his voice thundered like, the, like, like many mighty ocean water waves. And he held seven stars in his right hand. And a sharp double-edged sword came from his mouth, and his face shone like the sun in all of his brilliance. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I was dead. But he laid his right hand on me, and he said, Don't be afraid. I love the invitation that he gives. The reality is, is one day every knee will bow. So here's how we're going to end this months ago, I saw a sign and I knew we were going to end this service this way today. It says, wise men still bow down. I'm going to ask, if you're a man in this room, would you stand to your feet, just the men? Now I'm going to open the altars to anyone throughout the service to come down and kneel and, and worship. But men, you need to know there's something powerful about the way you worship. You're the leader of your homes. You're the leader of our church. And Christ has anointed you to be significant in our culture and in this house and in your house. Your worship is significant. And the way you honor the Lord is important. And I'm going to ask all the men, if they would, just for the first line, if you'd sing this with me. just going to go wherever happens, happens. Thank you for joining us at The Way today. Our prayer is that through a relationship with Jesus, you would know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit us online at thewaylakeland.com or by visiting our Facebook page at The Way Lakeland or Instagram page at The Way Church Lakeland.